Welcome to the Pilot Podcast, where we watch the pilot episodes of TV shows and answer your question, should I watch this? My name is BJ. And my name is Me Too. And this week, we're checking out Central Park on Apple TV Plus and Space Force on Netflix. So stay tuned to the end to hear BJ tell me he loves me to the moon and back. Well, that's quite a lot. All right, let's get into it. Let's start with Central Park. Beach, what happened in that one? Sure. So Central Park is a new animated series on Apple TV Plus and is told through the eyes of our narrator, Birdie. He is a busker in Central Park, voiced by Josh Gad. And this musical series is based around the Tillerman family. They actually live in Edendale Castle because the father, Owen Tillerman, voiced by Leslie Odom Jr., is the manager of the park. There's his wife, Paige, voiced by Katherine Hahn, who is a journalist. Their daughter, Molly, voiced by Kristen Bell, who loves drawing comics. And their son, Cole, voiced by Titus Burgess, who loves animals. And the whole idea is that their lives are going to be turned upside down because there is an elderly entrepreneur, Bitsy Brandenham, voiced by Stanley Tucci, and her assistant, Helen, voiced by David Diggs, who have some nefarious plans for Central Park. And hopefully the Tillerman family can save the day. What'd you think of this musical animated comedy? So I thought that it was funny that you were able to sneak in yet another musical before we go on hiatus. Mm -hmm. And so, Beach, congratulations or Mm -hmm. congratulations if you want to start singing. Uh, I'm very happy for you. But I will say that while I am not a huge fan of musicals. I'm sorry to Ronnie of Ending Pending. This was fun. You can tell that it was created by the same people who created Bob's Burgers. One, because of all the chinless people and the fact that (laughs) they look like Bob's Burgers characters, but also because there was so much heart. You're laughing, but you also love the love that this family has for each other. Yeah, it was a very wholesome family throughout the whole episode. You have the expected teasing from the children. You kind of had the out-of-touch dad. And I think it was a good mix. And even the mom who was motivated with her career while being supportive of her husband. But I guess that leads into one of my concerns. So let me ask you, Me Too. Did you think the cast was maybe too big? Yes. So not to keep comparing it to Bob's Burgers, but that is our closest approximation What's great about Bob's Burgers is these side characters jump in and out, but it's focused on this core family, and you have time to fall in love with those side characters, whereas I feel like in the first episode of this show, we were thrown everyone at once, and it was almost overwhelming having to keep track of all of the different storylines. I think they made it difficult to follow because everyone had individual separate storyline. So we were really just trying to keep track of what everyone's interests were and how they are all tied together. And I'm also not really sure what our narrator, Birdie, is going to be doing for the actual story or if he'll just be kind of showing us what's happening. Yes, like if he is the friend like Teddy is to Bob on Bob's Burgers or if he will have his own character development. Or just continue to spy on the Tillerman family through their window. That was really creepy. But speaking of Birdie, 
How did you like all of the voices? I, I immediately pegged Josh Gad as Birdie. I mean, he has a beautiful voice and also his speaking voice is pretty distinctive. But we had some fun casting with Stanley Tucci as an ornery rich woman, with David Diggs as said ornery woman's assistant, with Titus Burgess as a child, a little boy. (laughs) How did you feel about those casting choices? So I think they really chose great voices and great personalities and actors for the voice acting cast. However, I'm wondering what the director told everyone, because it seems like only Stanley Tucci, Kristen Bell, and Katherine Hahn tried to make a voice for their character, and everyone else just used their own normal voice. The most confusing one for me was Titus Burgess as Cole, but it made me laugh to think of Titus Burgess as a little boy, so maybe that's the joke, that this grown person who is full of drama and a very talented singer is in the body of this child. True. That adds to the comedy. I was really thrown off by David Diggs as Helen because Helen clearly is presented as an older woman, but David doesn't try and change his voice at all. They do that on Bob's Burgers too with Tina. She's voiced by a man and Linda is too. So maybe that's where that humor is coming from. So it's his style. Pushing the limits of your imagination with voices. Oh, okay. That's a unique idea. I do love Tina's voice, though, on Bob's Burgers and Linda's. I think that a standout for me on this show with voice acting was Stanley Tucci as Bitsy. Truly Mm -hmm. cracked me up as that little character. And by little, I mean Bitsy was so tiny, perched up on her stool, ordering everyone around. Hey, that's what you can do when you're wealthy. Yes, 100%. Speaking of her wealth, she wants to replace Central Park. Where do you see that going? Do you see the Tillerman family being able to stand up and protect their land? In this first episode, we learned that Owen is mild-mannered. He's not even comfortable with the feeling of anger. So do you see him being able to rise up and rile others up to protect Central Park? I don't. He let all the crowds just stomp over his turtle head flowers. So I don't know how he's going to stop a powerful entrepreneur from purchasing land. I do wonder what are the laws in the state of New York and the city of New York City that would allow Bitsy to buy Central Park? But you know, I guess if you have enough money, you can buy a lot of things you don't think are for sale. That's true. That's something we've learned. There's many things you can buy, and we just didn't know they were for sale, like the White House. We just didn't have enough money. Exactly. Still don't. Do you think the Tillerman family can do it? Can save Central Park? I think so. I am not a curmudgeon like you. I think that they're going to come together. I think that they're going to do the classic TV show movie thing where they come together as a family, unite around Owen. He finds his strength, and they at least save the park to see another day. You're quite the optimist. You know, that's all I am. Well, are you optimistic about this show? And are you going to keep watching? I would watch again casually. I am not a musicals person. This plot was a little too packed for me, but I did see the heart in the show that 
made me fall in love with Bob's Burgers. And so I'm sure that I'll find that in Central Park as well. And if you are a fan of Bob's Burgers, I think that you will enjoy this show. I have to agree. I would also watch again casually. I think that it was a well done animated series. And I think as the season goes on, they'll kind of come into their own for each character and where their character arcs are going. And I think that'll kind of iron out some of the issues we had with this pilot episode. And I do think that the songs were integrated well into it. It kind of flowed like you would expect in a musical, but it didn't seem overwhelming. To you. So. To you either. Mm-hmm. So me too. Let's leave the park and head to space. All right. So in Netflix's Space Force, Steve Carell is General Mark Naird. He's a lifelong Air Force member who is promoted to four-star general and put in charge of establishing Space Force. And we follow his journey navigating a Trump-like presidency, Russian spies, family commitments, and as he's known to do, workplace hijinks in this show. And so he's tasked with putting boots on the moon and making the moon inhabitable. By 2024. So Beach, Steve Carell is, of course, extremely famous for his portrayal of Michael Scott on The Office. That mm-hmm. is the classic quintessential workplace comedy, mm-hmm. a show that you and I both love. We watched yes. it together a lot growing up. Mm-hmm. So how do you feel about this take on the workplace comedy? In The Office, the stakes were selling paper and making sure that their branch didn't get cut. And in Space Force, the stakes are boots on the moon and beating Russia and China to get there. And making sure his branch doesn't get cut. That's true. Okay, so a little Scranton drama still made it in. It's basically the same show, but just in a secret bunker in Colorado. And not as funny. You know, you have to give and take here and there. Yes. Trade some comedy for some rockets. I would not make that trade. I think that it is an interesting take on a workplace comedy, having the military set up, but then also this new branch. And unlike the Army or the Navy, people don't know much about the Space Force. So I think that also gives the creators of this show a little more leeway in how they portray it to make it entertaining, because it's not really based off something that's in the cultural zeitgeist. What did you think of this interpretation of a workplace comedy? I thought it was fun. I personally can't help but be charmed by Steve Carell. I thought that the casting was really fun. So Dr. Mallory is the Space Force chief scientist. He's an external consultant who's brought in to help with the Boots on the Moon project. And he's played by John Malkovich. There's a social media director named Tony Scarapaducci. Obviously, you know where that name inspiration came from, played by Ben Schwartz, who is basically doing John Ralphio from Parks and Rec as an impersonation for this character. And then we have the pleasant surprise of also seeing Lisa Kudrow as Steve Carell's wife, Tani Newsom as a Space Force pilot named Captain Angela Ali that gets Steve Carell around, and Jimmy O. Yang, very funny comedian, as Dr. Chan. Uh, Dr. Mallory's lead assistant. And so you have this stacked cast of comedians as well, which is fun to watch them play together. 
It's always good to have comedians working together because that's when you can let them go off script for a little bit, get some good ad libs mixed in there. And I think this is going to be one of those comedies where if it keeps going for more and more seasons, these actors will get comfortable with their characters and we're going to see it evolve in the same way The Office did. So, Mitu, one thing we were discussing before we started this review is that it seems like General Mark Naird, he's kind of changed his perspective from when he's first appointed, well, as leading up the Space Force to one year later when he's trying to prove that the work he's doing is worthwhile. Do you think something really changed him in that one year time skip? Or maybe we didn't see an accurate portrayal of him in the beginning? I think that there is an interesting commentary here on wanting to, like you said, prove that the Space Force is worth it. And he's gotten wrapped up in this world and in his pursuit of doing that. When the show opens, he seems to be positioned as the character who's going to be the smart one who believes in science in the room. So when he's initially given the mission of of establishing Space Force, he's very confused by why they're doing it. He's asking questions about science. He's telling some of the old guard that their ways are done and that a new progressive guard is coming in. But then a year later, you see him giving this classic boots on the moon speech constantly and parroting the words of the administration that in the beginning he seemed to doubt. So I can't tell if they're positioning him as someone who believes in this wholeheartedly or as someone who is kind of like the smart guy in the room. And Maybe he was both and just shifted in that year. Yeah, we might need another episode to truly answer that question to see what has happened to his perspective. Is he putting on an act for the sake of his job or is this what he really believes? I mean, there is a literal Russian spy hanging around him all of the time. And so maybe he's aware of that too. They are an ISS partner. Yes, excuse me. (laughs) That was actually a funny scene when he gets a text from the president to let the ISS partner look at any covert files that they want to look at. There was, though, this little exchange between Captain Ali and General Naird, where he asks her what branch of the military she is, and she's as she's flying him in the helicopter, and she's hesitant to say, spaceman. And he tells her, you know, you're a spaceman. Be proud of it. And so maybe it does come from a self-doubt about this role, about the use or usefulness of a space force. Yeah, maybe he's in that fake it till you make it mode because we see that he has people from Congress he's trying to impress. So he could be just as doubtful as he was in the beginning, but he has this job that he wants to keep. So he's going to sell the story of the space force just like he did at that high school. Which leads me to my next question, Me Too. Yes. Would you, uh, if you were a high school senior, Mm -hmm. would you consider enlisting in the Space Force? No. Like a present day high school senior, not going back to whenever you graduated back in the day. We graduated the same (laughs) year. Whatever. Answer the question, please. Our (laughs) listeners want to know. (laughs) Why would you not Take the opportunity to go to space. BJ, whether it was the year that I graduated high school or several years ago or last year or 2025 or 2030, no matter what, I can tell you that if I were 18 years old, 
I'd be watching Living Single and thinking about how to become Maxine Shaw attorney at law. And so I wouldn't be spending any time thinking of other pursuits. I would just be thinking about how to follow in her bomb footsteps. I don't know. I feel like a lot of 2020 graduates are open to new opportunities. For sure. There's a lot of ways that you can be Maxine Shaw attorney at law. In the Space Force. mm. A space attorney. Wow. That sounds cool. Hmm. Would you? I don't want to be an attorney. So, did any of the characters stand out to you? I liked Brad, the secretary, Naird secretary. There was a running gag where he would not tell Naird that someone was in Naird's office when he would return until Naird opened the door and saw them. And this happened repeatedly throughout the episode. And I thought that was kind of funny. And then Dr. Mallory, who really sees himself as a superior to Naird. And I think that's going to be a fun relationship to watch grow and evolve. What about you? I fully agree on Dr. Mallory. I think that give and take as well between Steve Carell and John Malkovich is just a delight. And I also loved Ben Schwartz as F. Tony. It was just funny to see him do a send up of social media directors and the Scarapaduchis of the world. So that was a delight. And of course, a big shout out to Jimmy O. Yang as Dr. Chan and Tani Newsom as Captain Angela Ali. They were very funny as well. One thing that stood out, though, is at the very end, they use a telescope to look into the sky. A telescope you could buy at Target, yes. put on your porch, and they could see a satellite mm-hmm. in space mm-hmm. in high definition. They could see their satellite that they had launched into space the same way that I can see things across from this room. And they kind of zoomed in, too. That's true. They did zoom in on top of it with this this basic telescope. Truly, y'all, a telescope that if you had the means, you could go to Target and cop for, let's say, 150 Maybe even less. Maybe yeah. if you're getting the really nice one that just has a cool tripod. Yeah. They're not breaking the bank over at Space Force, except they are. I think they're like, how many trillions over budget? (laughs) To renovate that facility. (laughs) They're putting a bowling alley in the basement of the Space Force base. Well, that'll be fun for the aliens. Gotta keep them entertained. What am I thinking? Well, Beach, did this show keep you entertained? Are you watching more episodes of Netflix's Space Force? Well, you know, I'm not in the need for a new workplace comedy, so unfortunately... I think I'm going to pass on this series, unless you tell me to come back to it later on. I would say for fellow members of Steve Carell Hive, this is not The Office. It's not as funny. It is fun, though. So I'll probably watch an episode here and there casually, and I'd recommend you check it out and do the same. But if you have yet to see The Office or Parks and Rec or a new comedy I fell in love with, Schitt's Creek. Or Corporate. Or corporate, ooh, now that's a workplace comedy as well. Mm -hmm. Then watch those. Y'all, watch corporate. Well, guys, if you want other recommendations outside of the workplace comedy genre, head to our website at thepilotpodcast.com. And if you want to hear us take a deep dive into the single episode of a TV show, check out our podcast, The Pilot Podcast Deep Dive, by going to join.thepilotpodcast.com. 
You can also follow us on Twitter and on Instagram at the pilot pod. You can send us thoughts, feelings, show suggestions, your space theories and conspiracy theories. Like did we land on the moon to ask the pilot podcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Bye.